0: This is Lab Medicine Rounds, a curated podcast for physicians, laboratory professionals, and students. I'm your host, Justin Kreuter, the bowtie bandit of blood, a transfusion medicine pathologist at Mayo Clinic. Today, we're rounding with Dr. Ayla Koliat. Dr. Koliat is currently a fellow in the Genetics and Genomics Laboratory here at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. will be talking about increased representation of minorities in leadership in biomedical science and medicine for today's episode. So thanks for joining us today, Dr. Colliette.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited.
0: Absolutely. This is great. I think for our listeners, kind of pairs with some of our previous episodes we have done where we really talked with Dr. Salomo, who is a leader in diversity, equity, and inclusion here in laboratory medicine. So those of you that haven't heard that episode yet, you might go and check that earlier episode in the stream. And now we really wanted to get another perspective on some of these issues. And that's why we're reaching out to Dr. Colia. And maybe we kind of get started with kind of what's your experience? experience been seeing minorities in biomedical leadership roles?
1: Yeah. So I think I would say, and probably other individuals of underrepresented minorities in the field would say it's quite limited. I think that we've made a lot of progress when it comes to women in leadership roles. Although um, I think there's still a good amount of bias when it comes to having women in positions of authority that we could probably do a whole other podcast on. But for people of color and, like I said, individuals from underrepresented backgrounds, there are far and few in leadership positions. And this is actually quite distressing for myself, at least, because we see an an increasing amount of DEI initiatives across institutions and societies. And we have a lot of people talking about it. But when we think about what are some tangible outcomes that have come out of these initiatives in terms of increased representation, it's kind of hard to pinpoint many examples. And what I'd like to highlight for the audience, and even just to kind of set ourselves up as why representation at the top positions is important. And it's important for many reasons. Diversity brings creativity and innovation. It leads to greater employee engagement and empowerment. These individuals that when they get into these leadership positions bring a breadth and depth of uh, experience and perspective that others may have not thought of just because of their individual and unique experiences and lastly which i think is really important for an institution like mayo clinic is these individuals mirror you know possibly top tier talent that we'd like to recruit so if a person of this underrepresented background or a minority comes to an in- institution and sees nobody that looks like them in a leadership role they might not feel that there's a position for them there or even feel like there's a road or a path to kind of a top position
0: i really like how you're highlighting the critical importance of representation and that kind of sparked in mind that there are maybe a couple of threads connecting to a couple of previous podcasts uh, that we've had. So we had a few weeks ago, Dr. Uh, Venk Belamkanda, one of our emergency medicine physicians, talk about well-being and kind of connecting to exactly some of these aspects you're talking about, this employee engagement and, and how we can really kind of become this self-actualized, fully realized healthcare professional. As you're talking about this kind of discrepancy about diversity, equity, of inclusion, and there's a lot of talk about it, but how are we seeing results? I was wondering if you might share at what points so far have you really been most engaged with leadership training so that you're kind of set up for great things in the future? What have you found that really engages you, uh, resonates with you?
1: In the Department of Laboratory Medicine Pathology, as I'm sure you know, we have a leadership and management course, so all the trainees are required to take that and I think it's a wonderful course when it comes to the technical aspects of being a laboratory director and a leader in your institution, but Some of the things that we don't cover in extensive time are these soft skills and even kind of including a component about diversity, equity, inclusion, and what that looks like for trainees and how do we obtain diversity in our leaders? And also, how do we make sure that their voices are heard when they're at the table, right? Not just having representation, but having the inclusivity part, which is making sure their voices are heard. So There is some um, leadership training that I've been exposed to that's been helpful, but in terms of what's been the most effective for me has been my one-on-one mentorship with, with my personal mentors. I've been fortunate to have really great mentors along my career path, and when I first started the Laboratory Genetics and Genomics Fellowship at Mayo Clinic, I immediately sought out mentors that would be able to relate to me in ways that none of my other mentors have before. So in my 13 years of advanced education, I've never had a non-white mentor. If you talk to anybody that comes from a non-white background, they'll tell you how important it is to have someone that can advocate for you, that can relate to you and experiences that you've had. For example, microaggressions in the workplace are a reality for many people. Knowing what to do about them, when it's appropriate, when it's not, just kind of how how to handle some of these situations. And as a trainee, you're still kind of figuring it all out for your career and add on this extra layer of bias and obstacles that minorities have to experience on the daily. So my mentor, uh, Dr. Linda Hassad-Sarif, Sri, is very involved in laboratory genetics and genomics in, in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives, has been really vital to my leadership development. And we talk about all aspects of laboratory director work, and it's not just some of these experiences, but Really, that's been the most important and most significant for me. Because of my experience has been so positive with her and really vital for my training so far. I wanted everybody to have that. (laughs) And so um, I reached out to our diversity, equity, and inclusion division chairs, Dr. Andy Rumia and Dr. Neil New. In collaboration with them, I actually started a pilot mentorship program within our division for trainees and even laboratory staff who identify as underrepresented minorities or even those from disadvantaged backgrounds. And we've paired them up with consultants that have volunteered their time to serve as their mentors. And they can talk about anything from career goals to personal experience or advice, just kind of serving as a confidential and unique advisor to these individuals in order to increase workplace diversity. So we have a lot of laboratory staff that are interested in advanced careers, advanced degrees but really haven't had one-on-one mentorship to get them there. And this is especially true for individuals of these categories that I've, I don't mean to categorize people, but of this group that I'm specifically interested in to help them get to their career goals. For more laboratory education,
0: including a listing of conferences, webinars, and on-demand content, visit mailcliniclabs.com forward slash education. Kind of curious if I can, we can dive down that a little bit because, you know, maybe some people are listening and don't have that kind of a program set up but are interested is there one or two kind of insights for what is uh, helpful to make it work? And, uh, you know, is there a good first and second step that folks might do for launching something similar at their place?
1: Yeah. So we just launched the program in January and we have 16 participants, eight mentees and eight mentors. And really what I did first, and I hope that this can actually serve as a kind of template for other divisions to either build on it or change it in any way that they see fit for their own laboratory environment. So the the hope is that other programs will utilize this. But what I did was really just kind of ask around. I saw that there was a need. I saw that we didn't have anything like this. I literally went around the lab and said, if we had a program like this, would you participate? And a lot of fellows and laboratory staff were very interested and said, yeah, of course, I'd love to have something like this. And especially our consultants who have an extreme amount of experience and a network that they could tap into. I mean, there's like a lot of rich knowledge that our consultants have. And a lot of times they're just waiting for someone to ask them. So I just got a couple consultants to help promote this initiative. And I sent out a survey actually to the entire division and said who's interested in something like this what are your roles i'd be more than happy to share the initial survey with whoever's interested it was just a google form what are some strengths what are some things you'd like to talk about and then i kind of just went in and paired people up and we are doing a 6 month kind of evaluation in june of both the mentor and the mentee to see how the you know mentorship went but overall i've seen a lot of positive feedback everybody's you know been meeting at least once a month with their mentee and I, I think it's it's a very easy thing to set up. It didn't really take a lot of time. So if someone's interested, I'd be more than happy to share the details of it all. But I'm hoping and I think that the impact will be great.
0: It's excellent. If there are people that may not have like, uh, I'm a program director and, and I'm a white guy. And is there something I should... Do you, do you think like kind of automatically about uh, when I have a uh, mentee come in that comes from uh, an underrepresented minority or from a disadvantaged background? Do you recommend that maybe that's part of that kind of initial conversation of would you like me to identify a uh, mentor for you from a diversity perspective?
1: Yeah, I I love that you asked that question because a lot of people do find themselves in those positions and like, I want to be an ally. What do I do? Like, I'm not a person of color, but I want to support my friends or my, you know, my, my fellows. And I think that that's great. Yes, do that. I think if when I was interviewing and being recruited for this position, if I was told that there's a mentorship program specifically for minorities, I'd be like, wow, that means that they actually find that valuable. That means that they're doing something for these individuals, because they recognize that there are increased amount of obstacles for these people to get to where they are. So, yes, I think definitely ask if your fellows or your residents or whoever is interested in a mentor, maybe put it that way, and help facilitate that because also a reason for the program that we started is Not everybody's an extrovert and will go out and just ask for a mentor like I did. I understand, you know, my husband's an introvert, so I know all about (laughs) introverts, That, that sometimes they need to be approached. And that's also a very important leadership style. We should have introverts as well in like leadership positions. And they deserve also to have mentors. So yeah, I think if the program director is willing, definitely reach out.
0: Well, thank you for actually getting at the, what the core of my question was. And I think you're very insightful to, to really back me up that it's not just that orientation meeting, but that it sounds like this could actually be a very great recruitment tool. Because I know a lot of us are very interested in recruiting successfully a very diverse community of learners yeah. uh, because of exactly what you're saying about creativity uh, that comes out um, and ingenuity and engagement in the workforce.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree.
0: If we can kind of turn then to the broader audience listening here and, uh, you know, Dr. Koliath, what advice would you like to share with the underrepresented minority student trainee learners who are listening to this podcast?
1: Yeah, there's a lot I would love to share, but excuse me, I'll keep it concise. Get involved. That's really the the biggest thing I can say is we have to be the first advocates for ourselves. And although allies are extremely important in having other people share our sentiments and validate what we're feeling, no one's going to fight for you more than yourself and for your community. And it can be tiring and emotionally draining to constantly have to be that voice. I, I understand. So when you do feel like, like that, you know, step back, take a break and then Reengage, but also meet with your leaders in your division and in your program. And you'd be surprised how many people really do want to help you with your initiative and help make change. So be bold, you know, reach out to your division chair, reach out to your department chair, and make it known that this is a priority, that this is um, a necessity. And until we as a community view increasing minority representation and leadership position as like a critical, immediate, urgent need, nothing's going to change. It's really going to be very slow. So we need to have this sense of urgency and a sense of uh, motivation to really try to accomplish this in, in the best way possible. And think even something small, it doesn't have to be this huge initiative that takes you know years to implement. Something as small as just pairing people up from a little survey that I sent on Google could be of benefit. And you won't know until you try.
0: Awesome, We've been rounding with Dr. Colliat. Thank you so much for really demonstrating for our audience your leadership skills uh, in this area. And I think uh, hopefully along with your themes that you're saying for take home points, advocate, be bold, run with this sense of urgency. I hope that this podcast really serves as a point for critical reflection and, and some uh, you know, sparks some thoughtful changes at your, your institutions. Yeah. So thank you so much, Dr. Colia.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: To all of our listeners, thank you for joining us today. We invite you to share your thoughts and suggestions via email. Please direct any suggestions to mcleducation at mayo.edu and reference this podcast. If you enjoy Lab Medicine Rounds podcast, please subscribe. Until our next rounds together, we encourage you to continue to connect lab medicine and the clinical practice through insightful conversations.